Hi everybody, I'm Carrie. I'm Will. And this is the Baseball Unchained Podcast, where a husband and a wife get bit by a cat while recording a podcast. Um, we have such special guests, in that Joan is basically sitting in my lap because I've been working in the office lately, and I did not work in the office today, so he is attached to me. It is Monday, June 5th, 7 o'clock on the dot, PM. 2023 that part have a fun episode planned it's not really like the typical episode because if you didn't know which you should have known we weren't here last week because of memorial day we took off small hiatus you were following us on social media you would have seen that anyway so this week we're gonna do like a Quick recap of some of the major headlines that happened in that week that we didn't cover. And then we are going to do headlines that happened. Well, really just one major headline that happened. Probably the most important one this past week. And then we are going to do, since we are one third of the way through the MLB season, we are going to do takeaways from the first one-third of the season and talk about stat leaders and on pace for stats and stuff like that. 33.33. A little over it now. It was like middle of this past week was one-third. 34-ish. Yeah. Okay. Oh, they do. What? What will they do? Oh, they do what? Oh, they do it. Let's do it. Okay. Weirdo. It's like we didn't even go to college at the same time. Do you want to read the first headline? Sure. Oh, wait. We don't have any fangrams this week. Nobody sent us anything. But I do want to shout out to Paul if he's listening. It's his birthday this past weekend. Happy birthday, Paul. We love you. Even if you are Grandpa. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, first headline is. MLB. Whoa. What? You said, do you want to read the first one? And then I started to read it and you cut me off. And now you get to read it? Um. We don't stand for that around here. First headline. MLB tells the Brewers that they have to fix American Family Field to keep it MLB quality. And if they don't, MLB suggested they'd be forced to move. The Brewers announced the stadium needed $448 million in repairs earlier this year. The stadium opened in 2001, and the lease for it runs out in 2030. Yeah, so I don't know the specifics of what they need to repair, but $448 million is a lot of repairs that are needed. I saw this video where someone was basically taking, like, a flamethrower to the seats to make them shiny plastic again. If they need to do that, I volunteer. The Rays need to do that. I volunteer. 
Except if the, I was doing it in the trough, I would for sure, like, burn them to the point where they have to replace all the chairs. And then I would protest to get them wider. Because she's thick. With two C's. Ooh. She. Who? So, the A's and Rays were put in the same position that the Brewers are in right now. And... We saw how it turned out for the A's. They basically just decided to give up on having their team stay in Oakland and do the necessary repairs that were requested. And they're planning to move to Vegas. And then the Rays seem like they're sticking around, but there's not really been 100% confirmation because they're still working on getting a stadium deal worked out with St. Pete. Seems like the front runner. Even though if they moved to Tampa, it would probably be better for attendance. But new new uh, baseball stadium would also probably draw a lot more people. If any of the drawings that I've seen online are what ends up happening, people are for sure going to go. Yeah, it looks like they're going to do one of like the I don't know if it's going to be a retractable roof thing, but it looks like they're going to do something similar to how the trop is, but they're just going to have like glass on the outside. So it's just like natural light in. Yeah. That's the most common one that I've seen. I think that that looks really nice, but given the temperature that the trough is at currently, as soon as they get people in there, if they make it into a greenhouse, yeah, we're all going to roast. Yeah. Well, you've got Globe Life Field where the Rangers play is like that. The Astros one is like that, but that's a retractable roof as well. And so is Globe Life, and so is the Marlins one. So if they're going to go that route, they probably would make it. Retractable roof would be fine. I feel like maybe at this point, the technology for a retractable roof is going to be more advanced and hopefully less expensive. Because I know there were some retractable roofs that took a super long time to be able to retract. And then there were some that can retract in like 27 minutes or something or open and close in 27 minutes or something. So, yeah. In Florida, I feel like the speedier, the better. Oh yeah. Cause it'll dump like three inches of rain in 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's no point in having the retractable roof. Right. I think even 27 minutes would be too long. But, uh, MLB didn't give any ultimatum or deadline for the Brewers, but the implications are that they will need to re- relocate if they do not complete the necessary repairs. What's the attendance like in Milwaukee? I don't think they've had any problems with it, so... Well, hopefully they're unmotivated enough to keep their fans and just do it. Their attendance in 2022 is 2,422,000 people. I don't know if that's a lot. You should look for average, not full year. In 2022, their average attendance was 30,155. 
2021, it was 22,522, but in 2019, it was 36,000. So it's fluctuating, but still significantly better than well, the race. There's a COVID year in there, and then it yeah. took people a while to come back to watching games. And they were probably doing the half capacity thing for the first part of 2021, too. Piggybacking off of that, the athletics reveal their first renders of the proposed new stadium in Las Vegas. For some reason, they still want to keep the same ridiculous amount of foul ground as they currently have at the Coliseum. And it looks like the stadium only has shade over half of it, which is like the area behind home and along the baselines. You're building a stadium in the middle of the desert. I mean, good luck with having no shade in the outfield seats when it's going to be 105 degrees plus in the summer. If ever anyone needed an indoor stadium, I feel like that would have been the time. Yeah. Is that the render that we looked at that was like really, really long and had like a bunch of stuff in like a park and whatever inside of it? Or is that the raised one? Same thing was the raised one. Wow. Then I haven't seen this one. It basically looks like, you know, like the retro UCF logo with the orange that has the, yeah, the Citronaut that has the Mm -hmm. half moon like helmet on. Yeah. It's pretty much what that looks like. This, the half roof. I don't like it. I haven't seen it yet, but I don't like it. Well, you need to look at it. I'm trying to. I was looking at you talk. I mean, it looks pretty cool, I guess, but I agree that it's going to get really hot. Also, didn't think that they were going to put them in the middle of the strip. Like, that's not a Vegas attraction. People aren't going to go to Vegas for baseball. Especially if it's bad baseball. Yeah, that seems really dumb. And, like, there is a Formula One event that's going to be in base- in baseball in Vegas this year, as well as the Super Bowl. So, like, They're right- going to put cars on the field? Yeah. Um... Right now. <laughs> While they're playing? He just showed like Raymond driving a Formula One car. Badass. Um, Not Ray Romano, the mascot Raymond for the race. Um, Yeah, so Formula One and the Super Bowl are going to be in Vegas this year. So those kinds of events, people are going to come from all over the place to watch. But like a regular baseball game... Unless the World Series is being hosted there, I don't see people going still. They'll probably host the All-Star Game or something or try to get that as soon as they get the stadium. Just like the Pro Bowl, I think, was held there. And then the draft was held there in Vegas, like right after they built the new stadium for the Raiders. I don't know. I have thoughts. Is that all the thoughts? Yeah. Okay. Thought you had more thoughts. You sound like you had more thoughts. No, I mean, as I process it more, I'll probably have more, but right now I'm good. The Braves' Spencer Strider took the fewest innings pitched to get to 100 strikeouts since the mound moved to 60 foot 6 inches from home plate. He accomplished the mark in just 61 innings. That averages to 1 and 2 thirds strikeouts per inning. What was. The average before, before they moved it. 
I don't know. It was in like 1890 something or 1900. Okay, that's a weird stat. I mean, it's it's the fastest to 100 in over 120 some years. Good for him. School stuff. I I was gonna say I don't think I could throw 60 feet and six inches. I definitely could throw that far, but I definitely would not be throwing it anywhere near that kind of speed or accuracy. I don't. I mean, yeah, I. I probably could throw it 60 feet, 6 inches, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be accurate, like you said. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I've never stepped on an MLB mound before, so. I've, um, I've played baseball for 30 years. Professionally. But never stepped on an MLB mound. He just steps around it. Just the minor league ones. Typically, they let him pitch from in front of it. So yeah, that's getting to a lot of strikeouts really fast, and uh, he's potentially going to have a career year, which we will bring up in the on pace for section of the episode. The biggest headline. I wasn't one sure of, if this was going to be the biggest headline that you mentioned, but if it wasn't going to be, I was going to be very upset. It was the biggest headline directly relating to baseball being played this past week. And almost probably the biggest human interest story there is nationally. We have great news. (laughs) Liam Hendricks comes back after beating cancer. In his second appearance, he got credited with a win, and it was on Cancer Survivors Day. What a feel-good story. I have been seeing him all over stuff like my personal tiktok has very little to do about baseball and i saw a thing about him on my tiktok which was pretty neat but he i think it was actually because it was about taylor swift so that's probably, oh, why, God. probably why it showed up um the fact that he was able to come back and play at all is incredible not a lot of people get to do that. Not everyone who is diagnosed with cancer in the middle of their career gets to come back and do their thing again. But to do it and win on Cancer Survivor Day, I knew we were going to talk about the story and I still got the chills anyway. That's how, that's how I feel. I think it was like late stage cancer also. Wasn't it like non-Hodgkin's? Yeah, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. But Hodgkins is the bad one, right? I thought I don't know. Pardon our lack of knowledge. We are not cancer experts. Okay. It, yeah, I was. I didn't want to say it before because I wasn't sure exactly the accuracy, but it was stage four non-Hodgkin lymphoma. When you hear stage four cancer, that's like. I think that's as serious as the stages get. I don't believe there is a higher stage. Yeah. But if it's if he recovered from it and everything, then then I would imagine that non-Hodgkins is probably less serious than the other one. The survival rate of Hodgkins lymphoma is 93% with a 5-year relative span. 
the five-year survival rate for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is 74%. So they're both close, I guess. And again, um, limited understanding of cancer, thankfully. But I thought one was, like, significantly worse than the other one. I guess that's not the case. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy because he was diagnosed with it in January and then went, underwent chemotherapy, which was finished in April, and then he was deemed to be cancer-free and in remission. And he just returned about a week and a half or so ago. That's all very fast. Has technology just evolved to the point where we can make stuff like that happen? I mean, I don't... I'm going to venture to guess that there is something to do... With the amount of money he has? Yeah. Yeah, I was... I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not really a death sentence when you make professional baseball player money. Yeah. But not to say that I don't know. It's still in, it's still incredible and there was a story that I shared with you about he and his wife when he was undergoing the treatment they were in like the gift shop of the hospital system that they were going through and um noticed all the wigs and everything that were in the shop for patients that have cancer and they asked how much they cost and they said that i guess some people are able to have a wig covered by their insurance if they have cancer but for those that don't the hendrix family bought out like all of the wigs that the hospital had, which ended up being what, like twenty some thousand dollars. Said like twenty four thousand before. So that whoever, you know, was going through that was able to just have one and not have to pay out of pocket for it. And by bought out, of course, we mean he paid for them so that other patients get them, not like he bought them all for himself. That's what I just said. You said you bought them out so that they didn't have to. I just wanted to clarify. So that the patients that needed them didn't have to pay for it. Isn't that what I said? Yes, but it still sounded confusing to me. Oh. No, he didn't, like, buy them out so he could hand them out to everyone. Right. Okay. Like, all of the wigs in the shop are paid for. And people get to just take them. Yeah, I don't know. So another kind of cool thing about this, I don't know if you saw it, but... His first his first appearance, when he was warming up, the crowd started chanting Liam, and then he came out to, like, his, like, really cool entrance, and then he, he was pitching, and they had, like, a camera on his wife in the um, suite or whatever that she was in, and she was, like, screaming at the umpire because he called to pitch a ball, and he's like... <laughs> What the fuck, Blue? <laughs> it's something like that. Uh, better than me, I would probably just be sobbing. Yeah. If there's anyone listening that doesn't know me on a very personal level, I cry about everything. 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 As much as we would 
love to be able to talk about Liam Hendricks all day, every day. We're going to move on. Barry Bonds has a documentary coming to HBO, being produced by the same team that produced The Last Dance. Bonds has been... A, is The Last Dance the... Michael Jordan one? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Bonds has been approached about being involved in the production, but has not yet signed on to be in it. Um, I don't think we've ever talked about our Barry Bonds opinions. What do you think about him and his career, and how do you think the documentary portrays him if he's involved and if he's not involved? So, obviously, he did steroids. He Drugs! was found out about it and suspended from baseball. And then when they brought the investigation to Congress, he lied under oath. And uh, so now he can't really officially say that he did steroids or he'll go to prison. So I don't think there's really an advantage of him being in the documentary. Um. But I think you can just see him being involved now. I plead the fifth. But like, if he's I plead the fifth. If he's not in it, I feel like it's just gonna, you know, if he has no control over it, then it might be worse than if he's in the documentary. That being said, even taking steroids, like Mark McGuire and all those guys did it as well. Even taking steroids. It's still really fucking hard to square up a round ball with a cylindrical bat. A stick. Yeah. Like, it, it's not, it's still not easy. I mean, it makes it easier when you actually are able to square it up to hit a home run, but. It can make you stronger, but it cannot make you see and swing. Yeah. Maybe ate a lot of carrots. Like, I mean, I eat a fair amount of carrots. My eyes still suck. I'm just saying. Yeah, well. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is, yeah, yes, you know, he did steroids, but still an incredible baseball player. Doesn't really change anything. People always try to make it out like, oh, he did steroids, so none of his home runs should count. Well, he, like, can't be inducted into the Hall of Fame or anything, right? I mean, more than likely he's not going to, but there's argument for him being inducted into it. He, I mean, he has the... No one's going to hit that record. Unless they also take steroids. Do steroids take steroids? It's like the fault in our stars when she says do pot. I don't do drugs enough to enough. I don't do them all. I don't. I don't do them all. Is that what you said? <laughs> well, I was just like trying to get this. You don't time. do them at all. I don't do them at all. So I don't know how to say doing drugs. For the drugs. Anyway, I think. <laughs> Whether or not steroids were involved in his career, his career was incredible. And if anything, HBO just has a plot line that is very... 
I think the word I'm looking for is controversial. So he had an incredible career with a controversial ending. Ending. And that is going to make the plot line for the series very interesting. People are going to want to know about it. They're going to want to hear more facts that maybe they didn't know about or anything that HBO was able to acquire and share. People who weren't old enough to be involved in that while it was happening are going to want to learn about it and stuff. If they like baseball and uh, like, I know I'll watch it. I didn't watch the Michael Jordan thing because I don't care, but I would definitely watch Barry Bonds. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too, that people don't really know about because they only really know about the home run record and all that stuff and the steroids and everything. He kind of was a jerk when he played. Like, his own teammates hated him when he was on the Pirates. And I don't know if his teammates on the Giants hated him, but, yeah, he was just a uh, abrasive personality, for lack of better words. That's really interesting, because that's why I don't care about Michael Jordan, because he's also a jerk. And that's why, like, his career does nothing for me. I kind of hope that the documentary doesn't take that angle, because then I'm not going to want to watch it either. I mean, if they're going to talk about his whole career and everything, then it's probably going to come up, which is why I was like, it would be interesting for him to defend whatever actions that they bring up. But if he's not in it, it's just going to be like, it's just going to be them recounting what his reactions were in the media at the time like when he was interviewed about fights with other players and stuff like that and the steroid thing i mean don't steroids make you super aggressive anyway i think this was pre-steroids like the pirates he wasn't on steroids i don't think well Maybe he just was a jerk. Mr. Bonds, I kind of hope that you are not a jerk, but I guess we shall see. Another kind of funny thing is that they, I don't know what they would call it, but they already have a show on HBO called Barry. It's pretty funny. Just just kind of weird coincidence that... The show is funny or it's funny that it exists? The show is funny and yes. serious. It's both. All right. It's about a... Doesn't doesn't matter. Jake knows what I'm talking about. Way to go, Jake. And now we're into the second half of the show where we're going to talk about all those takeaways and stuff that I was talking about in the beginning. Takeaway pizza? Maybe. Papa John's? How many runs did we score yesterday? I think it was more than six. Damn it, I want pizza. I want I on my way home they play that commercial like five times so they had to have scored six runs yesterday. Yeah, they scored exactly six. Oh no. You gonna ask Kristen? Yeah. Alright, so it's gonna be takeaways and on pace four stats, and then we're gonna do like our overall thoughts about surprises, disappointments for teams. 
players maybe come up, stuff like that. Mascots. I just don't know. Don't bring in the stingray into this. <laughs> Looks like a sperm. Stormy wormy. There's a lot of editing I'm going to have to do. Take away pizza number one. Everybody made a big deal about the new rules before the season started, but I feel like they've changed the game and made it better. Much more offense, more to watch out for in every play with disengagements and such like that, and constant action, because there's no time to look away from the baseball. And I compiled some stats today while I was preparing for the episode and struggled with math, but these are the results. Take it away. I want it to be known that we collectively struggled together. He was texting me for math advice, and I don't know that I was really all that helpful. Because when I tried to explain it, he's like, what? And I, I don't know, that I just took a picture off this Google. I don't know. <clears throat> Stat number one. Stolen bases are way up. An average of 1.42. They only steal less than half of a base sometimes. Average of 1.42 stolen bases per game. The total stolen bases through 60 games last season was 902. This year, it's 1,280. For those of you who are also not good at math, that is a 42% increase. There's been a 3% increase in total hits and a 5% increase in total runs scored across all 30 MLB teams, again, comparing from this point last season to this point in this season. However, the claim that batted balls in play would increase might not necessarily be true. There are more strikeouts at this point this year than last year. 4% more strikeouts. Which is some ridiculous number, like 15,000 something across all 30 teams at this point whoa i'm ready to get heated about this one <laughs> well let's talk about those stats a little bit so it's clear that the new rules are changing things most obviously is the stolen bases because you got the disengage you've got multiple factors going into that the disengagements the bigger bases like the pitch clock Teams are learning that they can time up a pitcher's delivery. Like if a pitcher delivers or starts his windup at the same number of seconds on the clock, it's easy to steal a base. Like if he's just in a rhythm and he's like, all right, I come set, I start my delivery at 10 seconds. Come set, start my delivery at 10 seconds. The guy on first is going to just go at 10 seconds. And it's just a gamble at that point whether... He's quick enough to step off and throw to first or pitch out and if the catcher has a good arm. But, yeah, timing up and everything, you know, that's what's leading to that 42% increase. I, this is going to be like a soapbox for me. There is a disagreement amongst myself and... Valley Sports, because they explain the change in the base size. We already said we suck at math. This might not be a good thing to bring up. No, I'm positive that I'm correct. 
Ooh, soapbox. Okay, so Bali Sports. Bali? I don't know why I said Bali. I said Bali the first time. Bali Sports. I just have to say it like an Indianian. It's a Hoosier. Um, Bally Sports tries to explain the change in bases, and the bases are three inches wider than they used to be. Wider than they used to be. <laughs> so, the distance between home plate, which did not change in size, to first base would be three inches shorter. But then they're trying to say that the distance between first base and second base is four and a half inches shorter, which I don't think is true. I need to know if they're measuring the distance between bases based off of the center point of each base, or if it's with the base being aligned with the baseline, and they're going from edge of base to edge of base. It's really about the alignment of the base. I have questions, and I try. I drew it out, I tried to explain it to Will, and honestly, I just don't think he cared to listen to me long enough to figure out what the hell I was talking about. And then I talked to Kristen about it, and she sat through and listened to the whole thing, but has even less math knowledge than we do, so she was way over her head. I need to talk to my dad about it, but we recently threw that paper away, so I'm going to have to draw it again. I think it's edge to edge, which would make sense, because it's three total inches larger for each base. So if it was three total inches... And then I lose you again. So if it's based off of the baseline, first base, then it would be three inches closer to home plate. And then three inches closer to second base. And then if it's also based off of the baseline again, then it either needs to be... Does it have to do with how second base is rotated? Because second base isn't square. It's set diamond and the baselines are flush with the line i just need to know what second base is aligned with is it center point it's the line right behind the mound but is the middle of second base on the line with first base and third base so there's base behind it and base in front of it is it corner to corner you just get us out there on the field he did, Major League Baseball, get us out there on the field. We need to do research. I'll bring my own tape measure. I just need to figure this out. Oh my god. In case anyone has ever thought that I'm less passionate than Will, these are the things that I fixate on. Not the percentage increase of stolen bases. Didn't even talk about... How are the bases aligned? There was so much... I'm just going to go back to talking about the, the the new rule changes and everything. There was so much talk about how the shift was going to increase hits and it was going to be like a huge increase. And I think that 3% is not really a significant increase in hits. Quite honestly, I feel like they could have probably changed that rule amongst the players and the staff and not told us in the crowd and it probably wouldn't have been noticed for how little it's affecting offense i mean i feel like there's more i mean i know it's probably not true because 
they wouldn't do it if it was the case. But I feel like I see more hits happen because the rays are shifted than if they had just stayed not shifted. Plus the number of people that can hit to avoid a shift. If you're a professional baseball player, you should be able to dictate where the ball is going in most cases. There are clearly some people who cannot... Like, if you look at their home run spread and it's, like, the same exact spot every single time, that person, that person, doesn't. it doesn't matter if you shift or not, like, he's not going to be able to do anything about it. But there are some people that that is not the case. The number of times that I hear Brian Anderson yelling about how Yandy Diaz hit that intentionally about balls that he, like, bloops into places... It's like one of the three things that BA knows how to talk about. That and the four and a half inches. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably where Bally got the math from. Oh my gosh. We needed Dwayne to do the stats. Ah! Wow. I um, hope that's a really ugly sound. Alright, so uh, another really big change... Wow, last year we thought to this I had year. a lot to say about the last one. Yeah, now that you're all fired up about yeah. the base sizes. <laughs> Four and a half inches is a lot. Umpiring has been absolutely terrible. Absolute freaking trash. I'm not sure if the pitch clock just doesn't give their eyes time to reset, <laughs> but damn. <laughs> there was a call that went for a strike against Giancarlo Stanton against the Dodgers Sunday night that was almost at his ankles. In the same game, on a full count, James Altman clearly swung, like, not even just a little bit past the midpoint. He, his wrist, like, broke the plane. Like, he couldn't hold his wrist to get the bat back. And wasn't called by the home plate umpire, who should have seen it if he was paying attention. And the check to the third base umpire, who was supposed to cover the home plate umpire's ass... Also said he didn't swing, and Altman got on first with a walk. Those are just two examples from one game, like egregious examples. There are a number of other misses that are still not close, but not as crazy. Like calls happening six inches off the outside, call to strike, like getting the Greg Maddox calls pretty much is. Is is how I describe it. Like back when they didn't have a K box on the TV, and you know, just because Greg Maddox threw a pitch and it hit the spot the catcher was set up at, it's a strikeout. And that's just the home base, home plate. Yeah. Umpire. Yeah. And the third base umpire. But like, I don't even. I get so heated about it, and I retain literally nothing. You sent this to me in the middle of my day, so I didn't retain all of the details. But who was playing in that clip that I like was swearing at you? I was so mad about it. The Padres and the Cubs. So there was a throw being made to second, and the person was running from first base to second base. And the umpire was literally standing in the middle of the base path, and the person running from first to second plowed into him, trying to make it to second, and it had the umpire not been there, there's a really, really good chance that he would have been safe. But he got called out, and then the ump was, like, basically, like, get the fuck over it. 
the umpire in the second angle of the replay was like, what the hell? As the guy ran to the back of him. Like, so <laughs> you have no right to be like, what the hell? You're in the wrong spot. Unless you were holding up a mirror and you're like, what the hell was I doing? Because I'm an idiot. It's like you guys don't even know what you're doing anymore. Making horrible calls, doing stupid shit. People are getting thrown out for no reason. Like, making Angel Hernandez look good. I was gonna say, oh my gosh, I was gonna say that before. Like, we were concerned about Angel Hernandez last year, but like, you're all collectively trash. And then don't even freaking get me started about the sticky hands. There's zero consistency amongst what you're deciding to do when it's the same crew on two different people making the call. Pinstri on the same guy. Pinstripes or no pinstripes. Herman one day, Herman the other. You can't decide what you want to do. There was speculation. I guess the Sunday Night Baseball crew, I wasn't watching when they said it, but... Herman looked like he was in discomfort and they were think, saying that maybe he was injured and because I saw people on Twitter reacting and saying maybe he was injured and I just thought, well, maybe he doesn't have good enough grip on the ball because he's not cheating today. <laughs> maybe his... Um, I'm not even going to pretend to know what that muscle would be called. Your grip muscle. He strained his grip muscle because he had to try harder. I don't know what it's uh, called. You guys can't see it, but I'm just sitting here holding my wrist, <laughs> flexing squeezing, my hand squeezing down air. <laughs> squeezing the air. Imaginary. Squishy ball. Okay. You got any more to say about the umpires? No, I think I pretty much covered it. Okay. My examples may not be specific, but my opinions are real. As always, you get to talk about the Rays. I mean, I just went on that whole big rant. If you'd like to take this one, you can. Okay. Go ahead. We're going into the on pace for section. Tampa Bay Rays are on pace to win 111 games, steal 221 bases, and hit 278 home runs. a lot. Yeah. Kind of nice. They are leading Major League Baseball in home runs and stolen bases right now, which has not been done through the end of May since 1955. 55. The Dodgers, 1955. This has been a very exciting season. Season. <laughs> It's been a very, very exciting season. This has been a... <laughs> Why? This has been a very exciting season to watch. So if they don't hit these numbers, quite all right. Still doing fantastic. Just as long as they get to 100 wins. It's like guarantee winning the division. 95 probably would win it, but 100 would be nice. They did it in 2021 and had a far less impressive season than, than they're having now. Was 2021 the... 2020 was a shortened season. 
2021 was just a good season. Yeah. 2021, they... We were there when they clinched the division. Did not go to nearly enough baseball games that year. Nope. That was preseason tickets. That was before we had season tickets. It wasn't. I was like preseason. No. (laughs) I didn't pause enough. Old spring training. (laughs) I didn't pause enough in between. My head. Not like the commercial. We'll donate $78 for every race hit. (laughs) And like, we hear these commercials so many times, and yet somehow I'm still like, only $78 every single time they do it. I could donate $78. That's not impressive, Suncoast. All right, moving on. Lock it in. The Texas Rangers recently overtook the Rays and... The Texas Rangers recently overtook the Rays. Was that just reacting, We're... greeting it? Yeah. We didn't get that back yet? No. We're not going to, are we? No. Crap. Because the Rangers are just blowing everyone out. Well, stop. We play them this weekend. That's well, the three games we're going to. Let's fix it. We're going to sit in Randy Land. I'm excited. We talked about it. We're doing it. The Texas Rangers recently overtook the Rays in run differential, mostly due to the Rays' recent 20-1 loss to the Blue Jays, and they're averaging adding 2.53 to their differential per game. That means that the Rangers are on pace to finish the regular season with a plus 410 run differential. That's fucking insane. We hate to see it. Did you figure out the pace for ours? Ours? For our run differential? No, I did not. That's okay. Moving on. It's less than that. (laughs) Less than 410. It is only 409. That's less than 410. Correct. But that's so fine, my 409. Moving on. Pete Alonzo, the MLB leader in home runs with 21, is on pace to hit 57 for the season. Which is less than Aaron Judge hit last year, but... He's also less than 410. <laughs> if, I don't think even Barry Bonds could hit 410 in the season. But yeah, you know, home runs you can't, you can't really do on pace for because you can hit multiple in a game and just go on a crazy streak of home runs, so... What's the most home runs hit in a single game? Four, I think. Well, I guess it really couldn't be much more than that. It's not like you get, like, 18 at-bats. Most at-bats you could get in a game is probably, like, six or seven. Probably not even seven. Six is probably the most. Depends if it goes to extras. Or if you bat around. Jordan Alvarez. Is this Adolis or Adolis? Adolis. Adolis. That wasn't even close. Jordan Alvarez and Adelise Garcia, both with 51 RBI, are on pace to hit 138. People are doing things this year. They're doing stuff. And things. Impressive. That's a lot. 51 RBI. That's like almost one a game. Yeah. 60, most teams have played 60 games, so. 
Pretty crazy. This one pisses me off. I don't know why. Little midget. Bo the Flow Bichette is currently at 85 hits. 85 hits. He's on pace to hit 230. If they played 60 game, it's 60 game. 1.41 hits per game. He's had a bunch of like five hit games, which is crazy. Just just don't hit against the Rays and it'll be okay. It'll be fine. We'll call it even. And his batting average is still only 329. Yeah, it's not the highest average in the league. It belongs to Luis Arise. That's his nickname. For short. Luis is long for... He's hitting 392. So he's the first player to have a chance to hit over 400 since like... 1921. Something like that. (laughs) I don't even know the year, but... Yeah. Crazy. The last time anyone hit around what he's hitting for a season was like 2016. Spencer Strider, who I mentioned earlier in in the pod. <laughs> in the pod. In the pod. Spencer Strider, who already crossed the 100 strikeout mark, is on pace to strike out 305 batters. Whoa. Yeah. Nah. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. I think the last one to do 300 in a season, I think, was Cole. That was just recently. I think maybe 2021. Garrett. Garrett. Actually, it might have been last year. Last year. I don't know. I don't have a good memory. You always get the good ones. Shohei is on pace for 41 home runs and 259 strikeouts. His ERA has gone up a little bit lately to 3.30, but he's faced better competition, and it will probably go back down to below 3. He should be the front runner in the American League MVP talks unless Aaron Judge hits 70 home runs this year. And speaking of Judge, he's doing better at this point in the season than he did last year when he broke the AL home run record. So maybe maybe he'll beat Barry Bonds' record. It's because of the little puppy. Hank? What was his name? Gus? Oh, it was Gus. Dang it. He's got another one. I don't know what her name I think it's a girl one. Gus Gus. I don't know the other one's name. We like puppies. So we have spent a lot of time talking about baseball players in the pod. Now we're going to talk about... Jake is going to hate you. I know, that's why I'm saying it. (laughs) Every time I say it, I think of him. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Jake. I'm so sorry. Not sorry. I'm not. I'm not sorry at all. Aaron Boone, the manager of the Yankees, is on pace for ten ejections. 
He was recently thrown out of a game for the second time in a stretch of four games. He's also in the top five in career rejections for active Major League Baseball managers, and each of the others in the list have at least 10 more years of experience than him. He's got like 30 plus ejections in his short managerial career. I'm just going to be really honest. There is not a doubt in my mind that I would be in a very ejectable baseball manager. I'd be in people's faces. I'd be the person who was yelling at that ump that was like, you spit on me. That would be me. You cried on me. But it'd be <laughs> angry tears. Like, I'd be, like, yelling, tears streaming down my face, my face all red, hot tears coming out. I'd be like... Quivering <laughs> lip. Scared Joan. Hey, Joan. It, when, when managers get angry like that, Sometimes it just makes them seem like they don't know what they're doing. When they get mad like Boone does, I agree. Because, like, you're just... Yelling to yell. When you have nothing else that you know how to do except yell, you don't look educated. But, like, when Kevin Cash yells at someone... He's just... He's not mad. He's just disappointed. (laughs) Oh, God. You've upset Dad. Yeah. Nobody wants to do that. You know that he's yelling for a reason. He's respectable. He doesn't talk down to people. He's not a New Yorker who just goes out to, like, shit on people to shit on people. So when he's yelling, he's, you know, it's serious. Does my accent bother you? Did you hear I just said that? You know, it's serious. No. No, you didn't hear it? Or no, it doesn't I didn't you. hear it. Does it bother you? No. I just make fun of it. I know. People at work make fun of it, too. Okay, we're going to go into the surprises and disappointments section. Speaking of disappointing dad. (laughs) So, first off, we're going to start with some NL West teams. The Arizona Diamondbacks are currently tied with the Los Angeles Dodgers for the National League West division lead, and we are in the month of June. Talk about surprises and disappointments. Do I need to repeat that sentence? The Arizona Diamondbacks are tied with the Dodgers for the NOS lead, and we're in the month of June. Say it in Spanish. Los Arizona <laughs> For Brittany. I don't, th- I don't know how to I say it. I don't know how. Brittany, Sandgram, we need to know how to say the Arizona Diamondbacks are tied with the Los Angeles Dodgers for the National League West lead, and we are in the month of June. In El Junio, Los Serpientes y are... <laughs> Los Serpientes son tied. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. That's fine. We could just put it in the translate. Yep. Anyway, react to that information while I look this up. My reaction was talk about surprises and disappointments. That was it? Does it say more about the Diamondbacks or more about the Dodgers? More about the Diamondbacks, I think, because the Dodgers are still playing well. I mean... I guess that's a good point, yeah. It's, um... 
think they're at 35 wins. You think it's because of their City Connect jersey? Who? The Diamondbacks. Los Serpientes? Yeah. I don't know. It's a pretty cool jersey. Yeah, I like it. Honestly, I would probably get one. I think that it's cool for the Diamondbacks because you don't really ever hear anything exciting about them. Las Serpientes de Arizona están empatadas con los Dodgers por el liderato del oeste de la NL y estamos en el mes de junio. Junio. That's all I got from that. <laughs> junio. So yeah, Diamondbacks playing really well. Good pitching. They don't swing at a lot of bad pitches. They're really, really fast. Leads to a lot of wins. Like a snake. That's nice. The Padres super team is five games under 500. Disappointing. 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 Juan Soto was asked about the team's inconsistencies on offense, and he said, I don't think I'm the guy to answer that question. So not only are they not playing well, but the one player who is playing well seems to be saying, it's not my fault we're losing. Kind of sounds like a disaster over there. How'd that go? Kind of sounds like a disaster over there. I mean, it does. You wrote it, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that Those comments came out yesterday. Not great. I'm not sure that he meant it that way, but... Uh, Whether he did or not, um, as a leader myself, clearly for a baseball team, I'm the captain of a professional baseball team. When someone asks you a question like that, the answer that you should be providing is one that cushions the team and makes it seem like you're also accepting responsibility for what's going on, not just being like, I don't know, man, it's not me. I think that looks kind of bad. That looks worse than the fact that they suck. For example, in in the Rays and Cubs series, Josh Lowe and Brandon Lau both were going after a pop-up that was going to fall in the area between second base and right field, and neither one of them called it. Brandon Lau looked like he was going right for it and then stopped the last second because he saw Josh Lowe coming out of the corner of his eye and deferred to the outfielder to make the play, which should be the right move, I guess. But when it looks like you're tracking the ball right for it, maybe you should just keep tracking it. Um. Anyway, in the post game, they talked to Josh Lowe and he was clearly pissed off about it because it led to them losing the game. It led to Shane McClanahan not getting a team record ninth win in a row as a starting pitcher, um, which I'm personally upset about. If you couldn't see that on your or hear that on your own. And anyway, so he's clearly pissed off. And in the postgame interview, they're asking him questions, trying to get him to put the blame on someone 
And you could argue that they were trying to get him to blame the other person. And instead he was like, that's the outfielder, outfielder's ball. It's in the outfield. I need to make that play. None of us communicated, but if it's that far into the outfield, I need to be the one to make the play. So just for example of how you should respond to questions that are like, hey, your team sucks. What's wrong? There's no I in team. There's no I in Juan Soto. I have no words. So yeah, while it's disappointing that the Padres aren't doing as well as anticipated, it's more disappointing that Juan Soto doesn't just own the team. Make more money and buy the team, Soto. He's trying to get a... That's another argument I've heard about why the Padres are playing so badly is because they don't really have motivation. Like, Soto is the only one that is not locked up to a long-term contract anymore because Machado didn't have one before the season, and he got it. And, like, Bogarts, they signed for fucking 10 years or some shit as a free agent. Yeah, so could so no, could be something. Could be something. They're locked into money, so they're not trying anymore. That's something I've heard people arguing about. Okay, so like I could get where that would be a thing, but all of these people, all of these professional baseball players, are professional athletes, and you don't become a professional athlete if you're not competitive as shit. Personally, I think it's that. The personalities that are on that team, well, the main one I'm thinking of, this is just conjecture, obviously. I don't know them personally, but it seems like, not all of them, but it seems like they just came into the season like, yeah, we got... Bogarts, we got Machado, we got Juan Soto, Tatis is gonna be back. Like, we're the shit, and we're gonna just walk all over everybody. And come to find out, <laughs> is it because their uniforms brown? <laughs> and come to find out, we're not. We're not the shit. We're just shit. Shit. I think that's more to do with it than the contract thing. But I mean, I don't know. Anyway, we spent too much time on the Padres. Um, the Mariners, another disappointment, were poised to have a huge year after making the playoffs for the first time in 20 years, but they're still middling, a game under 500 and fourth place in their division, and they're only fourth because the Athletics are fifth. <laughs> so sad. That's a bad thing to say. <laughs> or have said about you. It's the truth. It's just... Yikes. Mid! They have had a lot of pitching injuries, but... Who hasn't? So have the Rays, and who hasn't? And yeah. Speaking of... Well, do we want to spend any more time on the Mariners? No, it's disappointing. That's enough. I think you really summed it up with 
<laughs> That's really sad. <laughs> you didn't have it written down, so I wasn't prepared for you to say it. Like, I didn't know the funny thing it was just coming. Flowed. Yeah. I think I was thinking of it when I wrote it, but I didn't write it. Speaking of pitching injuries. Bitching about pitching. The Rangers are staying afloat even in the absence of Jacob deGrom. More than staying afloat, they lead the Astros by 3.5 games in the AL West. Quit bitching about your pitching. Yeah, deGrom was just... They just announced today that he's being moved to the 60-day IL, which people, of course, reacted and were like, oh, typical IL. He was already on the IL. They just moved him from the 15-day to the 60-day because they're probably trying to open up a roster spot so they can add another pitcher or position player maybe, but it's more more than likely a pitcher. Is it back to to the original? Yeah. So he will be eligible to return on the 28th of this month. So it's not, didn't really change much, just added a couple more weeks onto his return time. But yeah, the Rangers starting pitching and offense has been best in baseball. The only weak spot is their bullpen. And they score enough runs that it doesn't really fucking matter what their bullpen does. So, but it should be interesting to see them play the Rays this weekend in person. Because, number one, they're one of the best teams in Major League Baseball. And two, the Rays have shut down top MLB offenses this year with their starting pitching. Like, the Red Sox are... I think top five in average runs scored per game. And the Rays didn't allow them to score more than two runs in this four game series in any in any one of the four games. Who's supposed to be pitching this weekend? Um, I know McClanahan's pitching Saturday and Eflin is on Sunday. I think I think it's Bradley McClanahan Eflin. Why is that face? I want to see glass now. Small tangent. Um, next, we're going to talk about the Cleveland Guardians. Um, it is official that we are going to Cleveland, flying into Cleveland for my brother's wedding, and my parents are like really supportive of us as human beings, as podcasters, as fans of baseball. So they have agreed that we are going to, after we fly into the airport at like three something in the afternoon, we're going to hang out in Cleveland long enough to be able to go to a game on free t-shirt Friday. So we're all going to leave with some Cleveland merch, which is dumb. Um, And then we're going to go to the game at, I think it's like like 710. And then after the game, we're going to drive like... Depending on which time you're talking to my mom, either an hour or two hours to the hotel that we're staying in for my brother's wedding the next day. And um, it's pretty exciting that they're just like, oh, you want to go to baseball? We're going to baseball. Uh, It's not a great time for us to go to Cleveland because the Guardians are struggling. 
Similar to the Mariners, the Guardians seemed like they were ready to take the league by storm this year after winning the AL Central last season, but they're fighting for second in their division with the Detroit Tigers, and they are five games under 500. Tigers are kind of a surprise in a positive direction, though. They weren't really supposed to have anything to do with contending for their division, and until this last couple series, they were within a game of first place. But they, I think they lost a few in a row, and then now they're three games or four games behind. On that note... Both the American League and the National League Central Divisions are bad. Bad. Like, we make jokes about them being mid, but, like, they're less than mid. Check out Mid or Midwest. That's the title of an episode. <laughs> we don't know what number it is, but that's the name. Between the ten teams in those divisions, only three are over 500. The Cardinals, the favorite to win the National League Central before the season, have the worst record in the National League. They looked like they were going to turn it around there for a bit, but uh, it, it didn't really last. They they were hot, and then, and then they, they're not. And then they ran out of gas, and now their grill is not even turning on. Their grills? Their grill is not even turning on. I thought you were saying bear grills had erectile dysfunction. Are you talking about bear like the animal? No. You don't know who Bear Grylls is? No. What? Survivalist guy had a show on Discovery. You can't tell me you never watched it. I don't know what you're talking Oh about. my god. I went two very different directions than what you were taking this. It was either Bear Grylls, like there's no food on the grill. It's Bear. Or... Well, I've seen that guy. Does he start the episodes with like... Yeah. Like a really serious sentence, and he's like, this is Naked and Afraid. It's not Naked and Afraid. I know, but that was the only thing I could think. This thing is Man vs. Wild? I forget what it's called. Oh, well, if you'd called it the show name, I've heard of Man vs. Yeah, Wild. Man vs. Wild. I've definitely heard of that. I didn't remember, what, I didn't remember what the heard show name it. was. I did. You should know who Bear Grylls is. No, I couldn't have even pronounced that. His name is Bear Grylls. How do you not remember? I name? would have said Grillis. Bear Grylls. I get it. We all know I don't know how to read. His real name's not Bear. What's his real name? Edward Michael. I'd go by Bear. <laughs> Me too. You keep laughing over my jokes before I'm done telling them. Because you say it and I process and it's funny. <laughs> anyway, the Cardinals in the Central Divisions are terrible. So bad. Um, yeah, so the Cardinals had a chance to jump back in again. They played the Pirates for three games, and they got swept. Pirates are second place in the division, I think half game behind the lead, which is the Brewers, and the Brewers are not really anything special. Nothing in these divisions is special. I'm sorry. But not sorry, because it's true. Truth hurts. Lizzo said so. 
if the season ended today. So this is instead of doing our standings breakdown thing. Since we're doing a recap of the first one third of the season, we're doing a playoff preview if the season ended today. Got it. The American League playoff teams are the Tampa Bay Rays. Obviously. Duh. The Rangers, the Twins, the Orioles, the Astros, and the Yankees. The National League playoff teams are the Braves, the Diamondbacks, the Brewers, the Dodgers, the Pirates, and the Marlins. In the American League bracket for the wild card, it would be the Twins versus the Yankees. And then the other wild card will be the Orioles versus the Astros. And then your first round by would be the Rays and the Rangers. So I think the Astros would beat the Orioles. I don't I don't know if they've played each other yet. That doesn't I feel sound like they have. That doesn't sound like the type of game that the Orioles would be able to win. That series would have a lot of really color-clashing uniforms. Yeah, that would be really gross. Um, Somebody would have to wear blue or black instead of... Well, I mean, the orange. Orioles do have the black uniform with orange on it. Orange. And then the Astros could just wear orange, or they could wear the navy one. Yeah. The Twins haven't won a playoff game in... ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that both the Yankees and the Astros, in this case, have the ability to play under stress. They know what it feels like in those high-pressure situations. The Orioles definitely don't know that. Yeah. They got a lot of young players. Yeah. A lot of young players, a lot of inexperience. And then the Rays and the Rangers, best records in the American League. They're just waiting to play whoever beats, whoever wins those games. Here's hoping that the Twins beat the Yankees. <laughs> the Rays play the Twins. And then the Rays smoke the Twins. The Rays would play whoever wins between the Orioles and the Astros because the higher the Rays right now have the best record. So the one seed plays the higher seed. The higher seed? No. Wouldn't that lower be seed? I mean, I mean like the higher as far as record. Oh. So it's almost better to have the second best record in the league. I'm unwilling to compromise that. Yeah. Because then you can play the three or the six seed. And on the National League side in the wild card, it is the Brewers and the Marlins playing each other. And then on the other one, it would be the Pirates 
and they would either be playing the Dodgers or the D-backs because, like we said, they're tied for the division lead. So one of them would be the division winner, and one of them will be the wild card uh, out of the West. And as far as first round bye goes, again, it is either the Dodgers or the Diamondbacks, and then the Braves. Braves! Yeah, honestly, National League bracket looks a lot weaker than the American League bracket. I think the only competition for the the Braves would be the Dodgers. Maybe the D-backs. I know, it's pretty on par for normal. Yeah. I don't know, man. Somehow the National League always does really, really good in the playoffs, though. Like, against American League teams, normally. I feel like because we don't pay as much attention to the National League as a fan of an American League team, we get caught off guard by what they can do, but we don't see them on a regular basis. It's starting to change, though. I mean, this year, especially because of the everyone playing everyone thing. And the fact that you watch every single baseball game to come on TV. Yeah. I mean, I did that before. I did that last year with the season tickets, too. But free, free MLB TV. Anyway, that's the episode. Wait, oh, we didn't really talk about We did kind of talk about the National League bracket. There's not a lot to say about it. Marlins? Fish. That'd be pretty cool. I want to see their teal throwback uniforms in the playoffs. If you want to see their teal throwback uniforms, we can just go down to Miami and watch them. I said in the playoffs. They don't need to be in the playoffs. There's only room for one Florida team. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Give us some feedback if you guys like different formats for episodes. Let us know. This one was different. Like, Obviously, we didn't really do series breakdowns, but we did a special recap of the first 33 or 35% of the MLB season. So, we'll probably do a some we'll probably do with something. We'll probably do something similar around the All-Star break since that's not really mathematically the halfway point, but it's the quote-unquote halfway point of the season. 37%. I'm 37. Not old. Okay, Paul. He just turned 37. Oh, really? I have to ask him if he said that yet. Oh, my gosh. He's your brother-in-law. I didn't know how old he was. I don't keep track of that stuff. He's born in 86. Okay. I know more about you, Paul. Um, Send us fangrams. Send in your fangrams. Like, follow, share. Subscribe. Show us some love. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. We want to hear from you. Send us in, like, questions or topics that you want to hear about. And if you like this 
if you like what you hear, share it with your friends. Like, don't just share it on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Literally, just tell someone about it. Did you share a visa update with the podcast? Kasumba Dennis is coming should've, to America. He's been in the headlines. He's already here. Kasumba He's Dennis already is already playing in America. <laughs> yeah, I think he had like two walks and almost had a hit, but didn't get a hit. All right, cool. <laughs> um, we love you. Talk to you later. This has been the Baseball and Chain Podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, that's not how we end the podcast either. <laughs> this has been the Baseball and Chain Podcast. Till death do us baseball. Bye. Bye.